0: All right, so not for cowards. Anybody that, uh, ooh, I'm kind of squealing, so you might want to bring me down a little bit. Bring me down a little bit. Cool. All right, so not for cowards as we continue this week two. uh, Anybody that is not a uh, comic book uh, nerd, if you want to say, maybe hasn't picked up that that video is kind of a nice little uh, connection there to the opening of Marvel movies, because truly to be a parent is definitely to be somewhat of a superhero. Um, At least you got to have durability, that's for sure, to get through a lot of it. So I want to start with just talking. I told Matt after we saw the video the first time, I was like, Matt, every sermon, we got to compare it to a superhero. And you didn't do that last week. It's all right. So... Here's the deal, anybody that doesn't know already or hasn't heard this, um, I am very much a huge Marvel DC, and I'll even throw Star Wars in there, fanatic and nerd. When it comes to this, I'm the guy that actually looks stuff up on the internet and reads it about this stuff. I'm the guy that whenever somebody has a question, they'll be like, hey, here's the question. I don't even know that much either compared to some people. In fact, this is how bad it is. I have a guy from my work that actually emailed me this week and said, hey, I finally got my girlfriend talked to, well, it's his wife now. I finally got my wife talking to watching all the Marvel movies before we go see Endgame. What order should I watch them in? And I'm like, well... Since you ask, you know, so that's kind of the nerd I am And I was thinking about this And parenting and what we're going to talk about today And it started getting me thinking about uh, One of the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe One of the best movies is Thor Ragnarok If anybody's never seen it, you need to watch it Great movie Um, There's a part in it towards the end Where the Incredible Hulk Anybody that doesn't know superheroes You got the Incredible Hulk He's kind of a dummy Kind of does, th- does things with impulse. At the end of the movie, one of the, the villains in it, kind of a second-rate villain in it, is like grows into this mountain-sized monster and starts destroying the place where they're at. And Hulk, being the superhero that he is, he sees the monster, and the first thing he does is think, this is a good idea. He like just jumps at it. Oh, hey, go back he just jumps at it. And he's just like, you know, the idea of being Hulk smash, I'm going to take care of this. And in the movie Thor, who's the, you know, the main character, he said they're going like, "No, don't do it. We don't want you to fight him." And it's kind of funny in the movie cuz Hulk just kind of gets like pinked, like flicked away, and he goes fallen. And Thor's like, "Would you just leave him alone?" He's like, "Stop it." And Hulk's just like, "What? Monster." You know, the idea is like, I got to attack monster. That's his attitude. Now, I share that because he reacted to something. He sees it, and he reacts to it. And can I stop and just for a moment say that a lot of times we can fall into that with our own mentality when it comes to parenting? When it comes to parenting, many times we can just fall into a reactionary attitude in how we parent our kids. Right? Not even just like grandkids, whatever it is. We just react. We're not really thinking with intentionality. We're not really thinking with how, like, we're not really approaching it with a plan. We're just reacting to whatever's happening at that moment. Life gets chaotic. Life gets crazy. And then all of a sudden, all we are doing is we're like the Hulk jumping in, like, I'm going to smash this. I got to deal with this. I'm going to attack this. And we really have no rhyme or reason why we're doing that. Now, I share all that because I want to start with this scripture in mind. Proverbs tells us, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. We got presented this last week by Pastor Matt. Now here's the thing. I want you to look at that scripture, and I want you to see something there. That scripture is presenting an idea that says, hey, parent your children, guide your children, direct your children, not in a reactionary way, but in an intentional way. Because you're directing, them, you're directing them onto the right path. Like, the, the way this is presented, it, it's presenting that there's a direction to parenting. There's a purpose and an expected outcome to parenting. And we got presented this last week by Pastor Matt. Pastor Matt said our priority is parents. If we're going to be godly parents, Christ-centered parents. We're going to parent our children in such a way that our number one goal, our number one priority is that they end up loving Jesus more than anything else. That's the direction, right? That's the purpose. That's the priority. Direct them onto this path. And can I tell you just for a moment that this does not happen when we approach parenting with a reactionary attitude versus an intentional one. Now, don't get me wrong, sometimes by the grace of God, we get lucky. And children can, God just, His grace is on, they they choose that path. But as parents, we're called to be very intentional in how we raise our kids. Notice also, this is another scripture, dang it, I really do not like this clicker. All right, this is another scripture that Pastor Matt shared last week that we're going to kind of jump on here. Children are a heritage from the Lord offspring a reward from him like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth blesses the man whose quiver is full of them so last week it was presented that scripture says that children are as though are like arrows and it's kind of the question like what does that mean what's the significance of a child being like an arrow well let's think about this for the purpose of an arrow an arrow's purpose is it's meant to be launched See, the only value that an arrow has is if it's used to be launched. It means it has to be drawn from the quiver, it has to be stringed on the bow, it has to be pulled back, and it has to be launched. This is what God is telling us when He's comparing our children to this. He's saying, listen, He gives us our children as a gift, and they're a blessing, and it's our responsibility to prepare them and launch them into the world. It's our responsibility to intentionally draw them back, aim them, and release them so that they hit the mark that they are intended to hit. And that mark, like we were told last week, is that they love the Lord, that they love Jesus more than anything else. That is where we're aiming. That's the direction. That's the purpose. That's where we're drawing our children back. Now, hear me on this just for a minute, because this is one of the most unfortunate things about our world today, our society today, especially in America. We got way too many kids that aren't being launched. Parenting has got—we've—we've we've, we've lost sight of this. My wife and I—we—we we, <laughs> have—we have—we uh, <laughs> have lovingly conversations about this, because I'm the man. When they turn 18 and graduate, man, they're launching. I love my kids. I love them dearly, but they're launching, right? The string is already getting pulled back. They're going. My wife is under the like, we're going to build a guest house in the backyard, and they can live there forever. <laughs> it's like no They can't Right But we do that And one of the reasons I think we do that Is because we've lost sight Hear me on this And I'm not putting this on anybody I think this has happened over time But as parents we've lost sight of something And, I, and, and this might offend some people But it needs to be said It is not my job to be my child's friend It's my job to be their parent And what I mean by that is sometimes when I can fall into this trap that my child is my friend, I don't want to lose my friend. Don't get me wrong, it's going to hurt when that day comes that my child gets launched into the world. But if Jesus has a hold of the heart of my child, and my child comes to me and says, Dad, God is calling me to the other side of the planet. My job as a parent is to say, it breaks my heart, but you go. I don't need to sit there and say, oh, I'm losing my friend. No, I'm your parent. It's my job to launch you into the purpose that God created you for, and you need to go. And so hear me on this, that that's our job as parents, is to intentionally prepare to launch our children, intentionally to launch them into the world to fulfill the mission that God has for them. So today, this morning, we're going to focus on some principles that we can live by based on Jesus. We're going to look at Jesus and see some of the ways that Jesus interacted with kids, with children. And we're going to pull from that principles that we can live by to parent our own children or to parent or help uh, raise up our grandchildren. Or hear me on this. Some of us might be sitting here going like, I don't know how any of this pertains to me. Well, hear, hear me on this. Learn from this because God might ask you to go support and help somebody that is a parent. So this is why we need to learn this stuff because we're all doing this together. Sometimes I need to be reminded on how to be a good parent by somebody that's been further down the road than I have. So this is why this pertains to all of us. So let's look at a passage of scripture with Jesus interacting with kids. It says, one day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so we could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Now, nowhere in this does it talk about parenting, per se, But we can pull some amazing principles out of this on how Jesus responded and how Jesus reacted and how he treated children. So we're going to go through three this morning. The first one is this. Number one principle on how to help launch your children intentionally is you need to focus on the time that you spend with them. Okay? Principle number one is time. Factor number one is time. What I want you to see here when we look at that passage of Scripture with Jesus, notice what Jesus did in this scenario, in this interaction. He literally brought the parade to a halt, right? They're walking, they're they're going from city to city, wherever they were at at this moment. Normally Jesus is going, the crowd's all around him, people are wanting his attention, people are wanting to be healed, people are wanting to be blessed by Jesus, and all of a sudden these parents come and they say, hey, would you bless our children? Notice that the disciples reaction was they're not important enough get away Jesus is like wait wait stop time out and he stops everything He said we're not the parade is stopping Because i'm going to make and i'm going to show you that these children are a priority And jesus brings everything to a halt just so that he could give these children some of his time. Now, this is extremely significant, but cause stop and think about this. Think about how busy Jesus probably was on a daily basis. Think about all the people that are clamoring for Jesus' attention, and he stops and says, no, no, no. For right now, these children are the most important persons, people that I'm, I'm going to focus on. These are the most important Aspect of my day at this moment So why is that important? Because I think it's unfortunate I fall into this a lot. Here's, here's the thing. I work a full-time job Plus what we do here what I do here at the church Okay, these words come out of my mouth way too often when my children come to me They'll come to me and say hey dad, can you do this with me or dad? Can you watch this or dad? Can we go do this? This is what comes out of my mouth way too often. Baby, I don't have time right now And it hits me all the time how much I am probably crushing opportunities to guide and prepare my children for the rest of their lives, but I am missing it because I'm saying, baby, I ain't got time right now. Over and over again I say that. Baby, I ain't got time right now. While I want us to realize this, While I want us to realize that there are moments in our days and in our lives where, yes, we can't make our children the center of our attention all the time, there are times when I have to get something done. There are times when I do have to say, I can't do that right now because Daddy has this responsibility because I'm also teaching them, hey, you're not the center of the universe. You don't, you know, there's other responsibilities that have to be done. So hear me on this. Yes, there are times I have to say no because I need to get something done. But how many times can we say that, can I say that? And I'm saying it not because something needs to be get done, but because I have failed to arrange my day in such a way that I am making time with them a priority. Do you get what I'm saying? Well babies, I can't do that right now. Daddy's gotta get his sermon done because I just wasted two hours watching TV. Baby, I can't do that with you right now because I just wasted all this time doing something else I shouldn't. See, if I don't pack into my schedule and into my day the intentionality to give my children time, then they're never going to get any time because I'm selfish and I'll do something else. I remember Matt Chandler is one of my favorite... um, I like listening to Matt Chandler a lot. I, and, and one of the reasons I like him so much is because every time I listen to him, God usually uses him to smack me around a little bit, which is always a good thing, don't get me wrong. But one of the ways that God used him in the last year that it really smacked me around is he was talking to fathers. Now this pertains to everybody, but he was talking to fathers at this time, and he said, fathers, listen. He said, a lot of times we wake up in the morning and we go to work, right, because that's work time. And we work all day, and we work hard, and then we come home and we think it's our time. And he says, No, you're wrong. It's not your time. It's your kids' time now. You need to get in there and you need to help them with their homework. You need to play with them on the floor. You need to do stuff with them. You need to interact with them. You know what? It's their time. And then he says, And after we put the kids to bed, he says, Again, he was talking to fathers. He says, Fathers, after you put them to bed, then you're like, Now it's my time. I'm going to kick up in the recliner. I'm going to watch some TV. He says, No, nope, it's still not your time. Now it's your wife's time. You need to pour into your wife. You need to spend time with her. You need to look at her and say, How are you doing today? How was your day? What, what's going on with you? Let me pour into you and love you. And then you go to bed. And he said, Most men are going to say, Wait a minute. When's my time? And he said, If you want your time, get up earlier. <laughs> I'm like, Man, that sucks because I hate getting up early. But it really hit me hard, right? It hit me hard because I do that at the end of the day. I come home at the end of the day. I'm like, I'm tired. It's been a hard day. And I just don't want to deal with anything. And my children, they want to tell, tell me stuff. They want to they talk. They want to interact. And I'm like, I don't want to. And I fall into the habit where I'm not giving them time. See, so hear me on this just for a moment. This is why we're starting with time. Because time is the most precious and valuable resource that any of us have to give. It is more precious than your bank account. It's more precious than anything. You can't buy this with your kids. Time is the most precious and valuable resource that we have to give. I was thinking about this this morning as I was going through my sermon and the the lyrics to the, the old song, you know, Cats in the Cradle came into my head. You guys remember the song, you know? It talks about a father that just, I don't have time for you right now. I don't have time for you right now. I don't have time for you right now. I'm gonna grow up to be just like you, Dad. And then, when roles are reversed, and the dad says, Hey, can we spend some time together? Sorry, dad, I ain't got time for you right now. Time is the most precious principle that we can give to our children that's going to teach them the most. Notice what scripture tells us. Dang it, I hate this thing. Ephesians, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So notice again what it's saying. Make the most of every opportunity. Every second of the day, make the most of it. Because the days are evil. The the days are going to try to steal this stuff away from us. The, the evil days that we live in are going to try to steal our children from us. They're going to try to steal the time that we can spend with them. It's trying to rob us of the most precious blessing we can ever have, and that's being able to spend time with our kids. And it's easy to lose sight of this. It's easy to not pour into them. And you already saw that. I just want to put these up here, a couple pictures real quick, because this is a challenge to me, because this is another way that my, my selfish brain tries to say that I'm spending time with my kids. Okay, babies, I have to do some work. Daddy's got to be on the computer. Why don't you come in? I'm not spending time with my kid when they're just in the same room with me. That's not spending time with my kid. They might be in the same room with me, but I'm not investing in them. I'm not pouring into them. I'm not giving them that time. And I want to challenge us with something else. And again, hear me on this because everything I'm showing you is stuff that we, we, we do this. We fall into this. This is not spending time with your kid either. Just sitting in the same room with everybody on electronic is not spending time with our children. In fact, I'm kind of excited about this. Next month, now, okay, I'm excited, but I think I'm kind of dumb too. So next month, (laughs) we're going to pack up into a van and we're going to drive to Florida, right? We went back and forth, back and forth. Are we driving or flying, driving or flying? And I'm like, I'm not spending the money to fly, we're driving, right? Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. There are going to be times in that two-day drive, I am going to be wanting to choke somebody. (laughs) I guarantee it. But here's one of the things that went through my mind. I was actually sharing this with somebody just a couple days ago. I'm excited about it because for two days, it's just going to be us together in a van, right? Just us in a van, and all the good and bad's going to come with it. We're going to have moments when we're going to laugh and we're going to joke around and we're going to have a good time. We're going to have moments where my wife's going to want to, like, go out of her seat and fly through the back into the back of the van and beat somebody. There's going to be moments where I'm going to be screaming for people to shut up. But you know what? We're going to be together. And we're going to be doing it. All right, what would I miss? What You're like... Good job. It's not going to be that bad. Because one thing, I'm not picking up an ant that's going to die and get stuck on the roof. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Anyways, so time, most precious resource we have to give. The second one I want to talk about is touch. Right? Touch. See, touch, as we talk about this, this is when we intentionally choose to be intimate with our children, right? It's where we choose to be intimate. We're breaking down the barriers between us and our kids. I'll be honest about this. Our two daughters, I love as they've grown up. My daughters are great. They'll come and they'll cuddle with me. Libby, the oldest, she's getting to that age now where she doesn't really know if she wants to. But see, here's the thing. I still force her to at times. And when I force her to, she might kind of fight me a little bit, but even though she fights me a little bit, she's laughing, she's giggling, we're having fun. We're breaking down the, the walls that can grow between us by experiencing intentional intimacy through touch. And here's the thing there's nothing more intimate than touch. And, and what I mean by this, I want us to understand this this can be anything from a hug. This can be anything from cuddling in a seat to a chair together, but don't misplace this. This is even when your kids are adults. Listen to me, those of you that have grown children, you should still find ways to be intimate with them through touch. Whether it's a father just simply putting his hand on his son's shoulder and reassuring him, like, hey, I'm proud of you. Whether it's a simple high five. Whether it's a simple, I'm going to reach around and I'm just going to give you a side hug, whether it's a full on hug, whatever it is, parents should find every opportunity they can to break down the barriers between them and their children through touch. Because it's the number one way that you're going to be intimate with each other. See, Jesus, He did that also. That verse said that Jesus, when he stopped everything and he gave them time, the first thing Jesus did was he scooped them up into his arms and he embraced them. See, Jesus not only made time for them, he was intimate with them, he embraced them, he touched them, he made them a priority, and he broke down any barrier that was between him and that child through his touch. Now see here's the thing with this Because sometimes you'll hear this stuff and it gets awkward Because some of us are like that's just awkward You know what it should be But get over it You know some of the most powerful Moments I've ever had uh, Let me, I'll give you an example of this so years ago When I was in youth ministry um, I was going through a rough time And personally With some stuff and I got to this point Where I had to get up in front of the youth group that I was Leading and I had to say hey I gotta take a break I gotta step away um, I can't do this. And I remember we were out at Prairie Creek was where we were meeting at the time. And I remember it was a very difficult thing. I felt very just beaten down. I felt ashamed with some stuff. I just felt in a bad place. Here's all these teenagers, right, in the room. So, of course, you got to kind of be like, I'm not going to be emotional in this. You know, you got to kind of be still the leader of things and all that stuff. My dad walks up to me after I did this. And I'm still standing in front of all these kids. My dad comes up and he gives me a hug. And I broke. I just started weeping In the arms of my dad Just because he hugged me He didn't say anything to me He didn't, he didn't try to talk he didn't, he didn't do anything He just hugged me And it broke me You know some of us If I think we were honest with ourselves If we don't have a very good relationship with our parents Whether it's a mother or a father And we're adults I bet you if you really got honest with yourself Part of you would be like man I would just love that it would mean the world to me if they would just come and show me their affection through touch. So those of you that have small kids, find every opportunity you can to hold that kid. Every opportunity to embrace that kid. Every opportunity to crawl, you know, it, it's, it's really, here's the deal, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big guy. I still, my, my, my daughters, we bought them twin beds. I still, from time to time, they'll be in there watching their tablets. I'll just walk right in, push them over, and lay down in the bed with them. And I'll cuddle up with them while they're still watching their video. And I'll just lay there, and I'll talk to them a little bit while they're, while they're watching their video. And I'll find every opportunity to do that. But those of you that have older kids, don't think you're out of this. Find still opportunities to show love and affection to your children through touch. Men... This is another thing that blew my mind. I'm gonna use my parents. Even this is another thing that blew my mind. Um, there came a time where you know your dad's your dad, right? I remember the first time I was on the phone with my dad. This wasn't a touch thing, but it kind of blew me for a loop. I was on the phone with my dad. I was in Missouri, and I was pastoring in Missouri. And my dad, at the end of the at the end of the conversation, he says, "I love you, brother." And I'm like, "Brother, what in the world? I'm your kid." But see, here's the thing. My dad uses the word brother as a a, a title of endearment to other men that he respects. Right? So when my father used that for the first time with me, it threw me for a loop. I'm like, wait a minute, you're my dad, I'm your kid. You can't call me that. But see, hear me on this. Men, even if you have adult sons, sometimes the most powerful thing is be a man to them and just give them handshakes. Right? Right? Sometimes it's the most simplest pieces of just touch that carry the most weight and the most significant Now this is going to seem kind of weird, but I want you to see the scripture here for a second It says fathers do not exasperate your children so they won't become discouraged Okay, I want to show you another version. I like another version the way it says it It says this parents. I like how it includes both this way parents don't be hard on your children If you are they might give up so what I mean by this, there's a lot of ways you can interpret this, but one of the ways I wanna interpret this is don't become so hard-hearted towards your children. I'm not saying like you're angry with them, or but don't allow that, that crustiness of not being intimate to come in that you don't still show intimacy to your children because the more intimacy that you show to your children through touch, the better chance they have that they're not gonna give up. Sometimes just the simplest touch in the life of your child can be what they need to keep pushing forward. Pat on the back, the handshake, the hug, the hand on the shoulder, the hey, let's just sit here together. Don't be afraid to do it, because we don't want our children to give up. Here's the thing. I've been talking a lot about physical touch, but real quick before we jump onto the next one, I also want you to realize that you should also intentionally be finding ways to emotionally touch your children. Here's what I mean by that. Parents, don't be afraid to let your kids see your emotion. Some of us have no problem letting them see our anger. But don't let your children be afraid to see your emotion. When you mess up and you're brokenhearted about it, let them see it. You're touching them on an emotional level that's going to carry a lot. It's going to carry a lot of weight for them as they grow up. To see their mom and dad in those moments of struggle. Let them see it. Do not be afraid to let your children see that something is bothering you. Don't be afraid if tears are falling and say, like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. It doesn't mean you have to talk to them about everything, but don't be afraid to let your children see that you're human and that you struggle and that you're trying to process life just like they are because it's going to make it more real to them. One of the ways that I do this is I can lose my temper. When I say lose my temper, realize I'm not a person that screams at my kids and all that, but I can snap at them pretty good. Every time I lose my temper with my kids and God tells me I've lost my temper with my kids, I always, before the day is done, I will walk into their room, I will get down face to face with them, and I will say I am sorry for losing my temper. I shouldn't have done it. I'm not apologizing that, hey, you still did something wrong and you shouldn't have done it. What I'm doing is saying, Daddy, I didn't, I didn't handle that right. And I want you to know that. And it's okay to say you're sorry when you mess up. Are we good? I'll ask him, I mean, are we okay? And it's awesome every time this happens because a lot of times, well, especially my oldest, she's really, she'll be like the, I don't want nothing to do with you. <laughs> but you can just see as that demeanor kind of melts away from her. When you make it a priority to emotionally touch and say, hey, I shouldn't have done that. Let me show you my heart because I want to be intimate with you. The last thought I wanna give you with touch is simply this. When you choose to touch your children in some way, emotionally, physically, and do that to embrace them, to love on them, to empower them, to grow them, It's another way that we're leaving our fingerprints in the lives of our children. I'm leaving a little part of myself because I hope someday after I'm dead and gone, my children remember times of just cuddling with me in a chair. I hope they remember times of just laying together in the bed while they're watching videos. I hope they remember the high fives when they do something good. That's what I hope they remember. And by the way, when I say when I get to, you know, when I'm dead and gone, I just want to throw this out here because if any of you have this and your kids do this to you, maybe you, you can understand this. For some reason, my youngest one for, around, for now, for some reason, she likes to write me notes. And this is what her note says. Daddy, I love you. I'm going to really miss you when you're in heaven. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm telling you, that throws you for a loop when you get the first card that says that because you kind of want to look at it and be like, do you know something? I mean, this is... <laughs> kind of freaking me out here um anyways so let's talk about the last one last one is simply this talk to your kids principle to live by right give them time touch but also talk to them all right so when we think about talk and we think about having these conversations with our children and doing this stuff let's look at a couple scriptures that talk about this so the first one is this the tongue has the power of life and death you ever realize that Do you realize every word that comes out of your mouth when it's around your kids has the power of life or death? That's a pretty heavy thing when you stop and think about it. Do you know when we started to learn that and all of you that have kids that are older than ours, you probably already understand this. Do you ever (laughs) notice you remember the time when you used to have conversations with your spouse and you thought you could talk about anything and everything until all of a sudden your kid repeats what you said? Not that you're talking bad, but you're just like, Oh crap. You know, you kind of have that, we need to watch what we say now, kind of a moment. It's like everything, you know, it feeds into kids, and we need to understand that. Our words have the power of life and death under our children. Scripture also tells us, and if I remember right, this is the passage that you used last week. Deuteronomy talks about... That we need to teach them to our children, talking about the commands of God, talking about the Word of God. We are called as parents to teach them to our children. Notice what it says. It says, talk about them when you were at home and when you were on the road and when you go to bed and when you are getting up. I want to challenge us as parents for a moment ask you a question how often do you talk to your kids about scripture how often do you talk to your kids about God how often it's telling us do it when you're at home do it when you're on the road do it when you wake up do it when you go to bed we should be talking to our kids about this stuff because our words carry life or death why is this important well let's look at what scripture also says Paul tells us in Romans he says listen so faith comes from hearing that is hearing the good news about Jesus parents, the number one source of the good news does not come from the church into our children. It should come from you. I mean, mean, if the only Scripture and the only God conversation, the only talk about the Bible, the only talk about faith, if this only comes to your children on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, that's not enough. They need to be hearing it from us. We need to be the ones conversing with them about Jesus and about life and about the gospel and about creation and all of these things. We need to be doing that. Because we carry the very words of life on our tongues with our children. We are called to teach them to our children. This is our job and responsibility, is to talk to our kids. Again, notice one of the things that Jesus did in that passage. Jesus put his hands on their heads and he blessed them. Meaning Jesus spoke into their lives. I want you to think about this for a moment. When Jesus spoke this blessing onto these kids' lives, this was not for the benefit of the parent. This was for the the benefit of the child. Could you imagine being a child and hearing the very voice of God speak a blessing upon you? Imagine that. The very words of life flowed out of the very mouth of Jesus and landed on these children. Jesus' talked; he spoke, not for the benefit of the parent, but for the benefit of the child. So here's what I want us to understand as we just finish this with talking about you know, this, this last principle of talk. Here's the thing I want you to understand. Number one, We as parents need to talk with our children, not talk at them. You get what I'm saying? Don't talk at them, talk with them. I have a good tendency of being able to talk at my child. But it's a lot different when I choose to talk with them. When I talk with them, it's when I make it a priority to have conversation with them, to listen to them, to give full attention to them, to ask questions and be engaged with them, and not simply have my conversations with them or the way I talk with them, simply be correcting them. If the number one way I talk to my children is no, knock it off, stop, do this, don't do that, do it this way, I'm not talking with my child I'm talking at my child And God, I really find it funny That I had to, this is the sermon that I had to get Because this is one of the things I'm horrible at Because a lot of times My my youngest, Piper, she'll come to me And she wants to tell me these really long stories Really long stories And I end up in this place Uh huh, yeah, yeah, uh huh What? Oh, yeah, uh huh like yesterday, I got, to, I got to hear about a dream, whether she had it or not, about dancing unicorns in like some kind of yoga pants or something. I don't know. It was like weird. It was weird, right? But I learned a lesson yesterday because I was fully engaged in the conversation. I was asking her questions, and it made it that much more exciting to hear this. So listen, talk with your kids. Don't just talk at your kids. And then here's the last one I want you to understand with this. Not just talk with your kids, but I also want you to understand we need to talk for our kids And I'll explain this you need to talk for your kids and here's what I mean by that There are things that my children do not need to make decisions about I make that decision for them So I answer I talk for them I am their voice I am the one that determines because that's my job as a parent that's my job, you know, if you guys listen to the podcast I shared this a little bit because again using my kids as an example Here's the deal. I can use them as much as I want because concept of money has no value. I don't have to pay them Here's the thing. My youngest has this thing where every boy that she likes is her boyfriend Every single one. My daughter is only seven years old and I swear she's had like 25 boyfriends and every time boyfriend talk comes up I look at her and I say we joke about it And I laugh and I make a, a kind of a joke about it And all that but before the conversation's done I look at her and I say baby What's the two rules about a boyfriend What's the two rules And they, she, they, she knows the two rules Rule number one Is before she can date anybody That boy has to love Jesus Right Rule number one See some of us are like, right now are thinking She's never going to have a boyfriend Amen Here's the thing. I don't want to lessen the standard for my daughter just so she can have a boyfriend. I want to raise the standard because I love her. Got to love Jesus. Number two, rule number two, daddy has to approve. Which means before you date anybody, you bring him to me, and I approve. Now, here's the thing. Some of us would be like, oh, that's so strict. That's not right. Blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing. It's my job to protect her heart. It's my job to protect her faith. It's my job to protect her heart, or her life. So I am going to speak for her. That's the way it's going to be. Now, yes, there's going to come a day she moves out, and I can't control that, but that's, that's not now. Now I speak for her. But hear me on this, those of you that have kids that are older. Even if your kids are older, and they come back, here's the deal. I don't care if my kid's 35 years old. They, live in my, I'm, they better not live in my house at 35, but I'm just saying. If my kid's 35 years old and they live in, their, in my house, guess who's speaking for them? It's like, listen, you live in my house, it's my rules. I'll give you a number one example. I've said this to my kids. They're, they're young, but I want them to understand this. I want them to get this. Listen, as long as you're in my house, Sunday morning, you're getting up and going to church. There's never going to be this, I don't want to go to church. You don't want to go to church? Go get your own place. Because I'm going to speak for you. You're my kid. I'm not your friend. I'm your parent. I'm gonna speak for you. So hear me on this, this is important. When your kids are young, guard them and protect them. Speak for them. Yes, as they get older, allow them to make more choices themselves. Allow them to have more freedom. But when you need to, be the parent that is guiding them to be a servant and follower of Jesus. Speak for them if you have to. They ain't gonna like you for it. But remember, I didn't become a parent to be liked. That's not my job to be liked. My job is to launch my children into the purpose of which God created them for. That's my purpose. So speak for your children. Realize that these principles are not based on age. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how old your kids are. You can still give time, touch, and talk to your children. They can always be put into practice. And I want to end with this because I think it ties really well with what Pastor Matt talked about last week. It's a quote by Chip Ingram. I think he does a great job of summing this up. He says this. You are not called to produce successful, upwardly mobile, highly educated, athletically talented machines. Giving your children great opportunities is good. It is not, however, the goal of parenting. Christ-likeness is. Above all, seek to raise children who look and act a lot like Jesus That's The reason we parent It's because we are creating More followers of Jesus That live and act Like Jesus I mean just, just think about that Again remember arrows are meant to be launched Into the world so we need to live Intentionally and parent intentionally To launch our children into the world Let's pray Gracious God, let us not forget exactly what your word said, that children are truly a blessing. I say that knowing there, there are many times children can bring the most joy to us, but at the same time, children can bring a lot of sorrow. They can break our hearts. But it doesn't change the fact that they're a blessing. And, Lord, I, I pray for all. I pray for myself. I pray for my wife. I, I pray for everybody here that, that truly wants to say, yes, I want to do this the way that God has commanded. I want to, I want to parent in a way that is Christ-honoring and, and, and is best for my children. Lord, I pray that you just give us the, the confidence and the encouragement and the enthusiasm. To live intentionally, to live out these principles, to to give time to our kids, to give touch to our kids, to to talk with our children, to see it as the ability to invest in them and prepare them to be launched out into the world. Lord, when we look at our kids, let us get excited that you are going to do mighty things through the lives of our children. And it's our job to work with you to get them ready for that and to prepare them for the world. But most importantly, to, to do as that says, to to invest in them to become like Jesus so that they love you with everything they have, that you are the most important person to them, Jesus, in every aspect of life. Continue to empower us and grow us to do that. In your precious name we pray, amen.